Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Good 24-7 Podcast. Fall camp is over. And the good reason, or the good thing is, is that means that we are closer and closer. And I'll say it, for the reason for the season, college football season is almost here. We're pumped to watch it and get it underway. But fall camp concluded on Saturday with a scrimmage of sorts inside Tiger Stadium. I've got Glenn West and Dylan Sanders alongside me. My name is Bryce Coon. We thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you might be getting this content. We appreciate you making it a part and a daily listen for you as well. Guys, let's kind of walk through this here. And Glenn, we'll start with you. Fall camp's concluded. Uh, we had questions coming into this portion. Uh, you and I talked about how last week kind of felt like some of those position battles were being um, maybe looked at a little bit harder. Now on the other side of fall camp, how are you feeling about this group as they kind of get into the mix for what it should be a uh, fun season? Yeah, I feel pretty good about pretty much every position right now um, in terms of who we expect to see out there week one, who – uh, kind of makes the most sense in terms of getting in-game reps. Um, and, and that includes even a, a group like the running backs who, you know, really don't have uh, all of their pieces right now fully healthy, you know, at least up until uh, Saturday's practice in Tiger Stadium. There were still uh, a few a few of those guys that are kind of conditioning and starting to work themselves back into being uh, ready for that first game. Um, but again, like we said, there, we don't think any of these injuries outside of the J.K. Johnson one are going to keep uh, the, these players from being able to play in that first game against the Seminoles, barring anything unforeseen here over the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I think right now, you know, I, I feel a lot better about where the secondary is at. I feel a lot better about kind of where um, this offense is at uh, in particular. I think that they, um, you know, have showed some flashes of, of being an improved unit. I'd still like to see, um, you know, we, we didn't get a we, we only got a 40 play scrimmage here on Saturday, but um, there, there was an explosive play uh, pretty much created by Caleb Jackson, which we'll get mm-hmm. into uh, probably more here in the next couple of uh, minutes. But outside of that, it was kind of a lot of, you know, short intermediate work, a lot of getting the ball out to the players and, and trying to make those weapons uh, make some plays. Um yeah, you know, didn't see a whole ton of just uh, kind of off the wall craziness, and I wouldn't expect to either. I mean, I think they're going to save some of their, you know, creativity and explosiveness for for game time. But I think right now what you're seeing is them just getting the crux of their offense and defensive scheme solidified, and now you can kind of maybe build on that here over the next couple of weeks as you prepare for Florida State. Um, and I'm sure we'll see a, a couple of uh, a couple of those plays downfield a couple of those shots a couple of those um you know, just more meaningful uh kind of offensive reps uh once once uh kickoff comes here on september 3rd yeah, you kind of start to take the reins off a little bit once you start to get into these games and uh, dylan that kind of leads me to what i was going to ask you obviously you put the article out on go 24 7 kind of evaluating the quarterback performance i know it's something that's been a uh hot topic throughout the fall especially on the boards and on social media but when you kind of looked at this, it was a lot of dings and dunks, not a lot of chances to take down the field. How much do you look at it and say, hey, they're just trying to keep it vanilla, uh, you know, kind of roll with, make sure they have the basics down? Or is there still a concern that, you know, the explosion is going to have to happen more on, you know, yards after catch, yards after contact for this group? Well, I, I don't know. I guess we we didn't get like a full answer on this. We didn't get to talk to Brian Kelly. But to me, it felt like the end of – uh, that scrimmage that we caught was not really like a full, all right, 
let's take this game situation. It felt closer mm-hmm. to like what you saw at the end of the Florida State game last year. It's a, a bit of a let's get let's get the yards here and there. Let's get down the field. Let's hurry up. Let's try and and score as quick as as you can. We've seen a couple of these like two minute drill almost periods uh, towards the end of practice, which that's kind of what it felt like. So uh, to answer your question of how far, how deep I'm looking into. Um, two drives of Jaden Daniels at the end of practice throwing 10 yard passes at, at most uh, almost none is about is about where I'm at what everything that they've told us and what we've seen outside of like a two minute drill uh, scrimmage period has led us to believe they are working on the deep pass they are doing it and then that they're going to implement it in the game. There was no reason for them to really show up, show off that much at the end of the drill. It does not worry me at all. On a scale of one to 10, I'd put my worried about a two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm worried either. I mean, look, we've heard all three of us have heard not only coach Denbrock say this, but each player talk about what their specific role to making this offense more explosive, even on the offensive line. So Glenn, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, look, everyone's excited to watch the video that we put out. Everyone's excited to hear the notes and tidbits, but at the end of the day, it does feel like, and you were kind of mentioning this, Dylan did as well, that offensively, we're going to see more wrinkles thrown in in the Florida State game. This group is what – what we saw for 20 minutes, you know, on the backfields is not what we're going to be seeing Sunday night in Orlando. So kind of your thoughts on this offense and the evolution kind of of it throughout fall camp. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think probably the the one thing that I will say that they did really well in the scrimmage was utilize the screen game, and I do think mm-hmm. that they're going to use that a ton uh, just because they have a lot of versatile weapons like Aaron Anderson, like some of these running backs that they're hoping to utilize in the passing game. Um, and, and the screen game was something that I don't think they fully tapped into last year, so that was a really mm-hmm. nice kind of evolution thing that we got to see. Um, getting those offensive linemen out there on the perimeter and uh, laying some blocks on, on, you know, for some of these receivers and, and speedy weapons to turn up field. Um, and that's just a quick, easy play to gain yards. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. really kind of against the clock on a, on a play or something like that, that's a, that's a great check down kind of play to kind of get you a few yards and kind of move on to the next thing. Um, so I did like that element of, of the scrimmage and, um, but I do think that you're going to see a lot more uh, creativity. I think you're going to see a lot more of that, explosiveness shine through here uh, as LSU gets closer to this game. Um, you know, they, they for about an hour and a half to two hours there, we didn't really know what they were planning. I mean, it really was just <laughs> kind of following the script of a traditional practice, which we had seen, you know, six or seven times, which we are all really grateful for. I mean, it has been really unprecedented access and we've been able to form, I think some really good opinions about this roster and about each position group kind of heading into the, the, the season now. Um, but, you know, we weren't sure what, what exactly the scrimmage was going to entail. And I think, you know, they kept it. I think that's a good word for it, vanilla, and and just kind of mm-hmm. uh, didn't didn't open things up a whole ton. And, and to be honest, they shouldn't have. I mean, they shouldn't have really opened up a bunch of the playbook for us to really kind of talk and write about a whole bunch. And um, I thought, you know, the quarterbacks did a nice job of kind of taking what was the defense gave them. I thought – uh, there were some interesting developments that have really transpired here over the last week defensively and uh, in particular in the secondary uh, with them kind of shifting Greg Brooks to that nickel role, uh, moving Sage Ryan to an outside cornerback role and kind of splitting reps between Sage 
uh, and Deuce Chestnut for that second outside corner role. I think that's a much more meaningful kind of development in terms of defense and just how comfortable they feel about the back half of the defense to be able to kind of change – uh, some of their plans this uh, I wouldn't call it this late into fall camp, but just kind of at this stage of fall camp um, with with those guys now all getting healthy. I think they feel really good about a, a core group of about six guys there, whether it's uh, you know, Greg Brooks, Andre Sam, Major Burns, Deuce Chestnut, Zy Alexander um, and, and Sage Ryan. Um, Alexander had a really nice day, punched out a, a football on, on Mason mm-hmm. Taylor and got a fumble recovery there. Uh, defense would have held the offense, the first team offense to a three and out, uh, in the, on that first drive, they kept kind of playing through it and everything, but thought that was a really good sign as well. You got some nice, uh, pressure off the edge. I believe it was Savion Jones came off the edge a couple times. Um, I think Braden Swinson had a couple nice, uh, rushes as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm. The, the one player, the one guy that we didn't see a whole, or at least didn't really stick out to me much was Harold Perkins. And, um, you know, we know that's not going to be the case uh, come that first game against Florida State. So uh, really positive developments, I think, uh, for the defense here. Um, offense kind of kept things, you know, to the point, not not really creating mm-hmm. a whole bunch of, uh, of extra stuff for us. And that's absolutely fine when you're considering just kind of the – not only the few running backs that were not out there, but just the the weapons that uh, they didn't really want to kind of unleash in front of uh, everybody that was watching. So um, really good, I think, two weeks of just viewing and kind of forming our own opinions. Um, now we get to kind of get to the point of the season where it's going to be the coaches and the players telling us just kind of what's going on. Um, but I think now having that background and having those opinions formed it's really going to help us, I think, in terms of just how we evaluate this team at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, beginning of the season because we've talked so much about the fact that, like, these guys, there's no warm-up game. I mean, you're rocking into, uh, one, an environment that's going to be a fun one, but, two, you're walking into a game that is going to be, I mean, you look across the country, this is a top-ten game all year. I mean, it, it may be top five. You know, we may look back and say this game just because of the uh, what's at stake defensively, when we talk about this group, though, guys, uh, front seven I'm really high on. Like, Jacoby and Guillory has been a guy that has just had a tremendous fall camp, in my opinion, has continued to come along. And due to the necessity of Mason Smith nursing some injuries, I wanted to – Dylan, we'll start with you on this. Due to Mason Smith nursing some of these, you know, just uh, nicks and bruises, but some of these injuries – it's provided Guillory an opportunity to really not only just uh, get reps, but you're starting to see him gain confidence. And I think that's what's really great for this group because, uh, you know, them talking about, and it was Guillory last week in the, in the media availability talking about, hey, we're not going to enter a situation where Makai Wingo is having to play 90% of snaps this season for the defensive line. I mean, we feel like we're at a spot where this front seven can be interchangeable. I say it, you know, on this show, on other shows, to be an elite defensive team, you have to have a nice rotation up front. You look at the teams that have won the national title over the past couple of years, and that has been what it has been. LSU feels like they're getting a certain way. I think Guillory's a big part of that. But, I mean, you look at some of these other names. How do you feel about the confidence of this front seven kind of heading in uh, to the first full week of uh, real practice and everything? Well, you know, it's interesting and kind of a – it's the age-old question of a camp is who do you want to win – what battle and 
the first team offensive line a lot of the times has really held this defensive line in check. Um, but at times the defensive line has, has gotten it. But I'd say overall, I would say the offensive line looks stronger than the defensive line uh, mm-hmm. just from what we saw. Um, and that's a good and bad thing. I mean, it could, you could be looking at one of the best offensive lines in the country, not even just the SEC. I mean, you know, Will Campbell is Will Campbell. So whenever you're practicing against a level of a Will Campbell, um, you know, Miles Frazier, Charles Turner, whenever you're practicing practicing against that level, it's a it's a bit of iron sharpens iron. Um, and I feel like it's not really a question of ability with a lot of these guys. Um, it's definitely not. A, it's, and it's not even a question of physicality. Ovia Gufo is long and fast. We've seen Braden Swinson really use his toolbox everyone knows who mason smith is makai wingo mm-hmm. made a name for himself Savion jones looks like a freak he looks like ali gay now um as opposed to just looking like a jack linebacker so i feel like they have the the bodies and they have the personality types they have the the play types to fill out a defensive line and uh, it's at this point. It's I don't really have any question that Matt House can do the job. Um, mm-hmm. We saw what they did last year, um, and they have maybe you know they don't have a BJ Ojolari maybe this year um, on the like rushing the passer, but you have more than enough talent in between Ovio Gufo and you know even Deshaun Womack at times. He's dominated the second day. He's He's, he's yeah. had some real dominant when it looks like he's playing a different sport than the second team, but then you go to that first team and they shut him down. It's like, well, well yeah, I don't really expect Deshaun Womack to beat Will Campbell uh, every time they go, but like Deshaun Womack has done it against other tackles. Like yeah. it, it's, 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 it's a, it's a bit of a, a given pull from what we've seen, but uh, overall I think they're in a good spot. And as with pretty much, all of this, like all of this team, we can kind of, you know, it's feels like they're playing a little bit of positionless football. Uh, yeah. You know, we heard that we've heard that phrase for years now in basketball as like the trendy thing, but that kind of feels like what this team's doing. And it goes all the way down to the defensive line where you're like, well, you can't really do that much with them. They're, you know, the big guys, but it seems like that's not the case. Yeah. I, I think kind of piggybacking off that as well, like, there gets to be a point in camp where I think the offensive line, particularly in the trenches, kind of gets a little bit more of an advantage when you're going up against the same guys every day. I think you kind of learn their moves. You kind of mm-hmm. learn what they're what they're going to do, how they're going to attack you. And so I do think that if you have a really good offensive line and you have really good players that are physical, that they're going to learn those, uh, those little intricacies there. And I do think um, one of the signs, though, has been – uh, you, you mentioned Guillory and, and Wingo, and certainly when Smith is healthy, the way that this you know defensive line, when they have been really good um, this fall, it's come from the interior, and it's and it, and, yeah. uh, and it's kind of I think changed a little bit. You got to see a little bit of a glimpse of it here on Saturday um, with with some of the changes that came on the offensive line. We saw for a couple of drills there where they slid Emory Jones in at guard. And they stuck Zalance Hurd at right tackle with the first team on a couple of, uh, of drills. I don't think they did that for the scrimmage, but um, I think it's just another point here 
to where they want to solidify every position. They're not afraid to try different things. It gets back to you being a little bit more positionless as well, being able to slide Emery back into a, a guard position where, you know, I think a lot of people believe that might be where his future is. Uh, I'm not going to say that for sure because he's been a really good right tackle up to this point as well. But um, he, I think he could be a, an exceptional interior lineman as well. Uh, and you kind of combine that with what you got, what you get from Dellinger and Frazier and Turner on the interior. DJ Chester is taking a lot of second team reps now at center. Um, and then, you know, it speaks to the development of Zalance Hurd. I think he's done a, uh, you know, I think he was kind of catching up a little bit in the first week to 10 days, but I do feel like he's kind of settled in. He looks quicker off the edge. He looks quicker in terms of setting up his blocks and, kind of getting, you know, a, a really good kind of base, I think, as a right tackle. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that they, they're going to be a little bit creative with the offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised if um, we get to game day and, and Hurd is going to be a part of the rotation. And um, I think you need that, especially in the trenches on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You're going to need guys to kind of go in and out early in the season. And the more depth you have, it's going to keep both of those position groups longer, uh, healthier, longer in the season. Um, and I think LSU is really starting to explore some of those other possibilities because we did see a pretty consistent starting five for the first couple of weeks of camp. Um, the fact that now that they're starting to look at other possibilities, I think is really telling to the, the, the depth that they think they have in that room. And I think that they believe that there can be more con- you know, contributions there than just that, that initial starting five on the O-line. Yeah, and, and a potential pushback, people might say, Glenn, and that is, well, does that mean there's an issue? And I think we can safely say it doesn't mean there's an issue with that starting five. They're very confident in that group. It's more of like what you just said and just wanted to hammer that home. It's more of a fact that you kind of have a, a nice little bag of riches to d- d- dive into rather than you know the cover being bare. Give credit to Brad Davis for having these guys ready. And I like what both of you guys just talked about, both offensively, defensively, one of the words I would describe, I would use to describe this team during fall camp is the versatility. It just feels like there's a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. And people might say sometimes, well, does that mean you're a, you're a jack of all trades, master of none? No, I think that this team's going to be really, really good this year. I just think that you have guys that are uh, cross trained really well, whether it's back in that secondary, whether it's at the offensive line position. Uh, you know, you just have guys that can step in and do a job, and that's huge. It's a big component of wanting to be a championship level team. Uh, let's let's talk about this real quick before we get out of here. I want to give you guys an opportunity. We've mentioned names in the notes. We've talked about it on the boards. We've seen it on social media. I'm going to give you a chance here. Just to, you only can get one. So, Glenn, we'll start with you here. Who is one guy that has just continuously caught your eye in fall camp, but you're excited to see how it translates into game reps uh, and potential opportunities. Well, what's that guy for you? Yeah, I mean, I pretty consistently, if we, when we've talked about this, I've mentioned the the freshman tight end, Camorian Pimpton. I think he uh, kind of fits that bill. I think he'll make some really special plays throughout the course of the season, but I'll change it up a little bit this time. I'm going to go with one of the older guys really on the roster and, I'm going to go with Andre Sam. I think he has the chance to be a really big X factor on this team. He's consistently been around the ball uh, really all fall. He's made some really great interceptions. He's punched out some balls. He's, uh, you know, been right there in the thick of it for a lot of, uh, you know, these, these, these practices and even in the scrimmage that we got to see. Uh, I just think that they feel 
a lot more comfortable with this secondary when he's out there next to Major Burns, who's a great communicator, next to Greg Brooks, who I think now that, that they have a guy like Sam, they can be a little more versatile with. They can move him up closer to the line of scrimmage where he really thrives. Uh, and so just having that that third safety become really apparent and for Andre to play as well as he has this camp, um, I, I really like him. I think he's going to make a difference here on the back half of this defense. And uh, you got to figure out, like, can can you get consistency out of Zai Alexander? He had a really nice uh, scrimmage on Saturday as well. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the outside corners are going to be, I think, a revolving door throughout the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they try a number of different guys out um, by season's end. Safety, though, I feel pretty good. If those guys stay healthy, it's going to be pretty much Major Burns, Andre Sam, and Greg Brooks uh, getting the majority of those reps. And I think that's a really good thing that you have those guys to really kind of back up uh, your, your defense there. So I'm going to go with Sam. Yeah, folks may make the joke at some point during the season that Andre Sam should be this good at football because he's literally playing against guys he's three, four, almost five years older than. But I'll tell you one thing. We've seen it, Glenn. His closing speed, being able to kind of uh, read a quarterback's eyes, being able to have that instinct. Man, look, I'll take it. If I'm Brian Kelly and the staff, with the, with the question marks you had coming in on the back end, especially that safety position, could everyone stay healthy? Having that, you know, Andre Sam, he's a guy we could look back and say, man, that was a he's massive He's a hard hitter, pickup. too. Very hard oh, hitter for his yeah, size. He, yeah, he, he doesn't leave a lot to be desired when he when he's uh, laying a lick on you. Dylan, for you, uh, are you staying defensive side of the football here, or is there someone on the offensive side that you're excited to see and maybe what they look like in a game? I'm going to uh, go on the offensive side. Now we got the defensive. I'm going to go to the offense, and I'm going to go with the guy who was on the team last year. Uh, we saw a couple of flashes, but I think really is in for a a bigger role this year, and that's going to be Kyron Lacy. Hmm. Um, you know, there's one specific thing I really want to see out of him this year. You know, he, if you go back and you look at his Louisiana days, um, and then you compare it to last year, he kind of was about as you know catches yards wise or whatever um who's kind of similar uh, you know a 300 yard guy uh 20 something catches or whatever but there's one thing that was really missing and it's two years at louisiana he scored 10 touchdowns he didn't mm-hmm. score any last year uh, in fact yeah there was a, a dip in passing touchdowns last year and that could be because they were so dominant on the ground in the red zone that they didn't really need it but there are times where you want to see uh, a, a, some more red zone receiving options. And I think Kyron Lacey, uh, as good as Malik Neighbors has been, uh, Chris Hilton has flashed the speed. Uh, Lacey has been one of the more, was one of the more dominant players that we saw, uh, at least in the red zone during camp uh, all this year, like making contested catches. He had a diving catch uh, fully extended against Harold Perkins in coverage. That was super nice. You know, these highlight kind of, catches that you can make if you're six foot three 220 pounds or whatever you know Lacey is so I want to see if they can kind of unlock that out of them Mm -hmm. you know those 10 touchdowns that he scored in two years at at Louisiana if they can get a little bit more of a scoring production out of him because you know they're gonna they have all the gadget players that they want but Lacey is the big target he is the yeah the six foot three 200 something 220-ish pound guy. Uh, and he's kind of the only one on the team that matches that full profile. You know, Brian Thomas is tall, but he's a little bit a little bit skinnier. Um, Lacey's the veteran. Lacey is, you know, the big body. I just want to see them be able to use that. 
uh, because we know how much fun they're going to have with the, you know, the Aaron Anderson's, the Chris Hilton's, the mm-hmm. Malik neighbors is there's a specific role for Kyron Lacey this year. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that, how that unfolds. Yeah. He's a physical guy, obviously in the red zone and a good option as well. I, I'm going to roll with my option here. I was thinking Aaron Anderson, uh, Glenn, I know you threw up on the board. This is a guy that could probably be one of the more explosive players, not on the SEC, but in the country. If he is utilized correctly, obviously stays healthy as well. I mean, he's got a chance just with his God-given talent to be super good. And one of those players that you want to make sure you don't go to the bathroom or go get more food whenever you're watching him on TV. But I'm going to roll. This one doesn't have the same quite uh, sex appeal, I guess I should say, in this. And it's Omar Spates. Uh, I'm going with Spates in this because – when we talk about this defense, obviously we've mentioned so many names. We've just yet to mention that name, and I think it's because I think that the consistency he's going to provide at the linebacker position, average folks may not necessarily notice it, but it's what you have to have, especially to that linebacker position, just to be able to have a guy that is reliable, dependable. Uh, If he stays healthy, that's obviously a big plus and a must as well, but with Harold Perkins beside him, look, this is going to be Harold Perkins' uh, you know, show at times. And it's going to be, where is number four? You've mentioned it so many times, Glenn. But when you see kind of where Perkins goes, you still got to have a solid option there beside him. We know Greg Penn's going to get some looks as well. But, man, Omar Spates, I've been really impressed with his physicality. Uh, this is a guy that I think when you talk about run fits, being able to be you know dominant in the run game, he fits that he fits that that label for me. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of plays in the passing game. But I think you talk about, you know, in the SEC where teams will try they're gonna run the football, they're going to try to grind you down. Uh, you're gonna be playing some really good running backs this season. Uh, in week one, uh, you know, you're gonna be playing uh, Ole Miss has got a really good tandem of running backs. Alabama's gonna have a good line. You know, there's gonna be teams that are gonna try to wear you down over four quarters. When you have a guy like Spates that I think is kind of built for that moment. Um, I think that's huge. And, and then the second aspect of it is, look, this is a guy that has done really well, but the moniker is, and, you know, around college football, and especially for folks in SEC country is, well, that's good, but let's see you do it against this talent. And here's his chance. Here's his chance to come in and perform like that. So I'm excited to watch him, uh, kind of the leadership he role he might take just in the, kind of that interior of the defense. But, hey, we mentioned kind of a wide variety of names uh, here today, you know, that I think we can all come to conclusion. It's going to be an exciting group. It's going to be a fun group, and we are under two weeks away now from the uh, start of college football season for LSU, that is. You get to get all in. You're watching, I think, from like Friday on. And look, it's week zero. So, Glenn, here's the question. Vanderbilt or Hawaii, who are you taking this week? Vandy, we got to stick this <laughs> I kind of feel bad going against Hawaii with everything they're going against with right now. Very so true. maybe I'll change my pick there. But I do think that there's a little bit more. Uh, while I don't think that there are, uh, you know, that they have an SEC win, like an SEC uh, conference win in their future, like a couple of unnamed writers at SEC Media Days put in there, um, I do think that they'll be a little bit better than they have been. And, uh, I think they win that game, but uh, you never know. I mean, with with the adversity Hawaii's going through right now, mm-hmm. maybe they go undefeated and, and compete for some kind of big, uh, big, big bowl game or something. That would be really fun to see. It would be fun to see. So, breaking news: Glenn West did not vote Vanderbilt to head to Atlanta for the SEC title in December. Uh, Dylan, who you got? Notre Dame, Navy, Week Zero game. Who you rolling with? Well, I just don't see how them boys can get it done without Brian Kelly. 
uh no uh i'm gonna go you know i'm gonna go another day I mean, Notre Dame. Uh, hey, Notre week Dame. zero is about Notre to be Dame. officially here. We appreciate you so much tuning in uh, as well. Talking college football, talking LSU, fall camp's over, and now we get to talk some actual football game recaps, analysis as well, and that's more of a reason for you to tune in to this YouTube channel. We're going to be doing some great weekly content, but make sure you head over to the website as well, go 24-7, where we really start to ramp up this coverage week in and week out, talking with Brian Kelly, players each week. We hope that you will join it. You can hit that link down in the description below. My name is Bryce Coon. He's Glenn West and Dylan Sanders. Thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you may be. And next time we talk to you, it'll be kind of centered on Florida State. We can't wait for that. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 YouTube.